The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. From both sides, my father and my mother come from Germany. My father's mother was from Denmark, from Copenhagen, Denmark. Denmark is a country in Scandinavia. It's a part of the world that's idyllic. It's where Hans Christian Andersen, if you know who that is, lived. It's a, it's a, you know, now it turned a lot very Muslim, unfortunately, but back in the day, it was a beautiful country with very fine people, you know, just the nicest, sweetest, kindest type of people. And that's where my grandmother was from. My father is from, my grandfather was from Germany. They got married and they moved. They lived in Würzburg, which is the city that I, that my family has been living in for, you know, hundreds of years. And then when Hitler came to power, in Germany, my grandmother was very smart. And she told my grandfather, listen, you know, we have to see the handwriting on the wall. You don't have to be a rocket science to see that this is not a good idea. It's not a good place for us to be. And, and he says, but I have my business here. We can't, you know, how could I just pick up and leave this? And my partner says, she says, listen, if you want to stay here, you stay here. But I'm taking my kids and I'm moving, I'm moving to my parents' home in Denmark. You want to come? It's up to you. You can come, but I'm not staying here. Because at that time, my, un- my, my uncle, my father's older brother, was walking back from school and they were already throwing stones at him and calling him dirty Jew. It wasn't, it was clear that they had to get out of, of Germany. Denmark was a, was a country that was a little bit safer because for whatever reason, the Germans needed the Danish people for dairy products and other, other, other natural resources. They were a little friendlier, at least at that time, with Denmark. So they moved to Denmark. There was, they owned a large, my family owned a large apartment building in downtown Copenhagen. Inside of that apartment building, there were stores, there were retail stores, uh, there was a lot of apartments, and then there was also a shul that was a few hundred years old with many Sifrei Terra in it and many old Svarim, uh, hundreds of years old Svarim, very, very valuable library. All of that was, in this, was housed now in this building in Copenhagen. My grandmother on Rosh Hashanah, Arab Rosh Hashanah 1943, which was already late into the war, was preparing for Rosh Hashanah night. She had set her table, a beautiful yantiv table for the Chag, with all of her finest china and silverware and cutlery, etc. And she was cutting up vegetables in her kitchen to make soup, to make salad for that night. My grandfather went to shul that morning, and the rabbi gets up and says that we have word. We heard that the Nazis are about to invade. They're going to come in tonight, the night of Rosh Hashanah, and they're going to round up all the Jews that they find. They're going to take them to the concentration camps. You go home, you tell your wives and your family that we have to get out right now, and you're going to go into hiding at different places. And then you're going to be picked up by some, by the Danish underground, and they're going to eventually get you to the, to the shore. And then you're going to be ferried across the shore to safety in Sweden. Sweden was a neutral country. There's a little body of water, not very wide that separates Denmark from Sweden, and everybody is going to hopefully be safe. My grandfather comes home that night, that, that, that morning, rather, and tells my grandmother, you know, we have no time. You just take anything that you have. We're going to pack up. We're going to leave. We have to go into hiding right now. The Nazis are about to come. 
So she left the whole kitchen with all of her, with all the vegetables that she was peeling and slicing and, and the soup on the, on the stove, everything. She shut the stove, but she, and my grandfather had a friend who was the chief of police of Copenhagen. And he goes over to him and he says, I want you to do me a favor. Okay, we're going into hiding now. I don't know when I'm coming back. But please, you know that there's a lot of valuable possessions in this, in my, in this apartment house that we own. Please put a seal on the front door of the house after we leave that by order of the Danish police, no one is allowed to come into, this, into these premises. And he did that. He was, says, no problem. As soon as you leave, I'm going to do that. He sealed up the door. They went across Aravian Kipper to Sweden. They stayed in Sweden till the end of the war, which was a few years, maybe two years. And then they came back. And the Danish Gaim, by the way, it was an anomaly in all of Europe. The Gaim in Denmark, they were Meister Nefesh. They literally risked their lives to save their Jewish citizens. There were a few thousand people, I think 6,000 people, if I'm not mistaken, that were, that were put into hiding and, and sent across to Sweden, to safety. And after the war, they were embraced on the way back. It's one thing, maybe they wanted to get rid of the Jews, and this is a nice way of doing it. But, you know, what, ha- what happens after the war? After the war, they took them back just as nicely. And the miracle was that they came to their home. That seal of the Danish police was still on the door. The Nazis, for some reason, respected it, even though they didn't respect it anywhere else. They, they went into other people's homes. But my family's home's home stayed intact. Everything was exactly the way that they left it before they left. They went into the kitchen. There was a jungle of vegetables, of like of greenery that was growing from all the vegetables that were being cut on Arab Rosh Hashanah. The table was still set for Rosh Hashanah. And this is the power of a seal, a little seal. How a little seal is able to protect something so perfectly, because it's the little things in life, Rabbi say. It's these small little things that we don't even think about that really are able to create things that are so great that they're beyond our, our ability to imagine. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.